Welcome to Is This Love podcast brought to you by your relationship specialist and neuropsychotherapist, Joe Wilson of the Confidant Counseling. Great relationships make us healthier, happier, and can even extend your life. Enjoy my strategies to navigating love along with other experts in my field on this podcast. You can find all my weekly newspaper column articles at theconfidantcounseling.com. Welcome to my second podcast of Is This Love? And I'm sure that my IQ went up just this last week by attending the International Conference of Applied Neuroscience. I was surrounded by a bunch of incredibly clever mental health workers, people with PhDs and GPs, psychologists, and an array of counsellors and social workers. And I marvelled at their earnest desire to help and inspire people to wellness. I often have this comment brought to the counselling room where people have hesitated to come to therapy because why would someone they don't know really care about them and their journey and their challenges? But rest be assured, there are people like me and a lot of other mental health workers that spend a lot of time on professional development to be the best um, person that they can be to inspire wellness in others. It's worth it. So from all this listening and learning from this conference, you'd think I have uh, a lot of in-depth things to share, but I'm just going to start with something simple. No matter how compromised your life was as a child, how much you're grieving from loss, how bullied you've been, neglected, lonely, or depressed you might feel, finding someone to provide you with that emotional attentiveness can be your turning point toward thriving and joy. Just by enjoying the trusting therapeutic alliance with another beautiful human who will listen, guide and support your choice to growth is such a gift. These people who help you realize that you truly matter is paramount. Did you also know that feeling bad over life's curveballs doesn't mean you necessarily have a mental health disorder? These days in our immediate society, we expect an instant fast connection and a quick fix. I'm talking about the next Netflix episode coming up in 30 seconds, high speed online information, fast food and a pill for anything else. Death and grieving, losing your job or feeling down when life isn't going so smooth may not mean you require a mental health diagnosis. On the other hand, experiencing true joy as a comparison to life when it's going great doesn't mean that you are manic. Life sure is a roller coaster for all of us and building your resilience with your toolbox of healthy strategies is so worth acquiring. When you can't get out of your funk, you can lean on a mental health professional to help you navigate your way out through talking therapies and even decide if you need medicinal support. Just saying, it doesn't always mean you're about to be diagnosed with a ghastly disorder. One other great thing I did get from this conference was a wonderful interview with John Arden, a psychologist and author of The Mind-Brain Gene Towards Psychotherapy Integration. What a great interview and I can't wait to feature it. And here it is. This is my first part of the interview with Dr. John Arden. The second will be featured on my third podcast. I'm talking from the International Conference of Applied Neuroscience. And today here with us is Dr. John Arden, who's just written a book on the mind-brain gene connection towards psychotherapy integration. Hey, John, thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm delighted to be here with you. 
Thank you. And now I'm pretty excited because you're quite big in my world of psychotherapy. So um, this is quite a thrill for me. So thanks for joining us. Um, can you give me a bit of a brief overview of your work highlights to date? Well, I've been very interested in the holes that we have in the healthcare system for quite some time. Mm -hmm. I was, in fact, working in uh, the United States in the uh, what we assumed to be the most integrated healthcare system. It was called Kaiser Permanente. <clears throat> and we were always looking at uh, connecting the dots. In other words, making sure that all the health practitioners were working together, collaborating, the primary care physicians with the neurologists, with the psychologists, even with the podiatrists and, and so on. And our job uh, has been to ensure that all aspects of being a human being are being addressed, and that's called health care. Mm -hmm. Well, we can also say that it's really behavioral health care. So as a psychologist or a neuropsychologist, my job is really to, to collaborate with and actually uh, help support the whole field of behavioral health care. So I see the 21st century as being that kind of collaboration. So we are all, Joe, you and I, mm. are healthcare professionals as opposed to counselors, psychotherapists, and all that. Sure, we're all that. Yes. Uh, but what we've got to do is uh, orchestrate our efforts together to address many of the health-related uh, issues, uh, like, for example, um, your immune system going out of whack, mm -hmm. or genes that are expressed that you don't want to be expressed, mm -hmm. and uh, how our minds have a major effect on the way our bodies feel, and the way our bodies are feeling has a major effect on our minds. Mm -hmm. And how do you orchestrate all that and also bring it all down to earth for our clients so they don't think we're just talking a bunch of psychobabble and a lot of esoteric terms? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and that's what I love about this is how your approach really depathologizes it for the client that they can, become, can present so overwhelmed with their challenges from all the different types of things that they present with and how you just make it, basically make it so practical for them. Yeah, and I think that in many ways we hold some responsibility for actually messing people's lives up. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. We in the mental health world uh, have used diagnoses yeah, as a kind of an overly binary kind of frame. What I mean by that is when a person thinks they have a diagnosis, it means like they have some bad gene or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's and what they're stuck with with the rest of their life. As if they're the insane ones and we're the same ones. Yeah. Well, give it up. I mean, we're all a little goofy <laughs> We're anyway. all on a scale. Yeah, yeah I exactly. keep saying that. There's yeah. a whole spectrum here. And to bring it down to earth and talk about this spectrum, meaning that... Uh, Perhaps some people with anxiety and depression are a little bit more out of control than you and I, Joe. Mm. You know, yeah, we're the helpers. Yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> that's not what day it is exactly. And so, diagnoses um, uh, are maybe practical ways for people like yourself uh, and I mm. uh, to uh, conceptualize what might be going on with a person. But it's not a sealed off disorder. Yes. And if we can give a person some hope by depathologizing whether it might be generalized anxiety disorder, mm. panic disorder, or whatever, to give them a sort of a roadmap that's practical, that gives them some hope, mm. uh, then they are far more motivated to do the kinds of things to get over it. Because that is so we true. know that anxiety is not that difficult to rise up out yes. of. Yes, and when clients come in and say, I have this, 
I please, I beg them, please don't own this. This is something, yes. this is a symptom, this is um, a process of ways that you've tried to cope with this. Maybe it's worked in the past, but please don't own this. And that's going to be step one of working through this. So, exactly. Yeah. Well, well put. It Maybe it worked in the past. In yes. other words, perhaps they, they were abused as a kid and they had to be hypervigilant mm. and paying attention with dads out of control or whatever. And they had to kind of make sure their alarm system was really on a whole lot and everything. Well, now in their current world, hopefully they're not in a domestic violence situation or, or whatever. Yes. Now they're in a normal, Yes. Say relationship, and their alarm system need not be on yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. Why pathologize that? Just exactly. say the now we need to turn off this alarm system. That's why I call the anxiety disorders the auto stress disorders. Mm. It's a play on words, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and similar to autoimmune disorders, where the immune system is on when in fact there's no infection in the body, but your immune system is fighting your own body. Yes. Well, auto stress disorders really uh, are about having the alarm system on when there's no reason for an alarm. Yes, yeah. And so why not help the person kind of diffuse the alarm system, make it available for real danger? You don't want to be hypervigilant about danger that's not there. Exactly. Save it for when you actually need it. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Or else it won't work very well for you. Yes. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Yes, yeah. Who's hey, Dr. John, listen? this is really interesting, and I want to hear a bit more about a acronym that you have developed and you promote to us therapists. So I've snuffled you from lunch, so I'll pause there and look forward to hearing about that in a moment. Sure.